0: Welcome to the Well Schools Podcast, a series of discussions with school leaders who are improving educational outcomes by placing well-being at the heart of their school. The Well School places just as much emphasis on well-being as it does on academic performance. It understands that children and young people are more effective learners when they are happy and well, and that they must take care of their staff and pupils' well-being to create a culture that allows everyone to reach their full potential. Today we're joined by our host Jim Morris and his guest. Claire Hoods Truman, Executive Principal at Oasis Academy Blakenhall Infants and Junior School in Birmingham, to learn about how they are a well school.
1: Hi, all, welcome to this Well Schools podcast. Uh, my name is Jim Morrison, Development Manager at the Youth Sport Trust that works across the West Midlands. And I'm joined today by Claire Hoods Truman, Executive Principal at Oasis Academy Blakenhall Infants and Blakenhall Juniors in Birmingham. Um, good afternoon, Claire.
2: Good afternoon, Jim.
1: Um, I wonder if you can just set the scene for us by giving us the context of your school before we kind of head into the the well school approach that you've taken.
2: Yeah, of course. Um, Oasis Academy Blakenhall Infants and Juniors. We're a three-form entry primary school and we sit on the south side of Birmingham uh, with an intake of 620 pupils aged 4 to 12. Um, Blakenhall serves a community that's in one of the top 10% deprived constituencies in the UK. And 60% of our pupils receive uh, free school meals. We've got high levels of unemployment, gang culture, alcohol and drugs misuse, uh, which are really highly prevalent in the area. And we're luckily also on the flight path to Birmingham International Airport. Um, We've got no grassed areas or local playing fields in the vicinity of the school. Um, And historically, both the infant and junior academies were in special measures with a poor reputation. Low standards
1: and a high volume of, of staff turnover. That's brilliant. It's really important to, to help set that scene. So I know that, you know, I've been fortunate enough to, to visit the school a number of times. And I know that the work that you and your staff do at the school um, really does support that, that community element to your school. Um, so how have you used PE Sport and Physical Activity and Play to feature in your school? given particularly the context that you just shared with us?
2: Yeah, well, it's been really pivotal. Um, Our ethos is healthy bodies, healthy minds, promising futures. And, And that was essentially born out of taking the time when I first went to the academy to understand what our children needed in order to succeed in life. And when I became the executive principal at Blake and Hale, uh, my intention was never to bring in a model of more academic booster classes and a diet of purely more of the same in, in an only core curriculum. It was about observing the children, the staff and the wider community, asking questions and, and seeing what they needed in order to have a positive mindset. And one of the questions we asked were, like, who were we and what did we want to become? What was our identity? So taking the time to do that research and looking at school through the lens of a child was, was critical. And what my children needed was to get moving, um, to build resilience and have a sense of identity and to build character. And I could see that good PE and physical activity would achieve that. So being in an area of high deprivation with low aspirations, these high obesity figures meant we needed to change mindsets. And create a culture of positive physical well-being that would then in turn lead to positive mental well-being. Um, and within a matter of weeks at both academies, with a diet of PE sessions that were relevant, really, really relevant to the 21st century child, for example, fitness, boxing, and running, our pupils were gaining a sense of achievement, confidence, and, and self-pride that enabled them to then succeed in other areas of the curriculum. And now we often say that we're the famed version of PESPA uh, because the children engage in purposeful and targeted aspects of of it daily through PE lessons, active play during teaching, um, unstructured times, along with competitive sport and enrichment. um, And they're cartwheeling their way through lunchtimes, supporting each other in, in honing their skills and techniques in gymnastics at break, or just self-managing a game of football or basketball at lunch. And it was having those children having that sense of um, confidence and pride in having those small wins in their PE sessions and active play that then meant they could access wider areas of the curriculum and had a sense of achievement and identity of where they sat within our academy.
1: That's great. It really sounds like it was a, a massive cultural shift. For the school, oh, was- how, 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 how was that process managed from your perspective as a senior leader? It was. Um-
2: having quick wins in terms of um, looking at sharing with the staff and being 100% open and honest about what we were looking at and the needs of the children and really taking that time as a senior leader myself, um, coming into this this new environment um, where there was a lot of pressure of you've got to raise standards, you've got to raise standards, but... Um, we could only raise standards if we could actually get to the root of what would get the children motivated and what would get them to tip. So it was being, having that open and honest relationship with my staff um, to get them to buy into um, that we wanted this holistic approach. So the Healthy Bodies, Healthy Minds, Promising Futures, our ethos, came collectively. So I had the staff on board. They believed in it. They owned it. And then collectively, we were we were sharing that vision. We were sharing this culture to the parents, opening up the doors to say, "Come on in and see what we're doing." We are getting rid of um, English and maths first thing in the morning. We're starting the day with PE because we want the children to be active. We want them to be alert, um, and you know, we really want to get them woken up first thing in the morning. Um, so we just opened the doors, invited the parents in, they participated in the activities that they were doing, they could see it, they could see that their children were coming home, buzzing about school, they were sleeping better at night, um, you know, they were they were eager and keen to want to keep coming back to school and not missing a day. Um, so just by just doing that, um, things just seemed to shift really, really quickly.
1: Mm. Where you are in Birmingham, you've got a tough school community in and around you. Um, Yeah. And did you see a shift in in parental engagement in school life?
2: 100% because traditionally uh, the parents felt really threatened by uh, coming into maths or English workshops. We we would get a very limited uptake on that. So when we shifted the focus to well-being and looking, starting off with fitness really, and I, 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 one of the first things I did when I came was I put in a staff gym, so that my staff could have a good work life balance. Um, and then from that we started to put in fitness sessions for the parents so they could come in during the day before um before school after school um and they were suddenly I'm thinking actually do you know what this is re- this is really good and actually the school's not quite so bad after school after all and you know they're they're, they're nice they want to talk to us they're interested in us I can see that there's positive changes in my children so we when we opened the doors for our PE open sessions we had to keep putting them on week after week after week because we had so many parents that wanted to come in and, and see because they kept saying, oh, so-and-so's come home tonight and they're absolutely shattered. But mm-hmm. they want us to go in the garden and they want to do a PT session, they're PTing their granddad in the yeah. garden, um, which was absolutely fabulous because the children were talking about school and then the parents wanted to learn more about the school and the changes that were being made. Um, so they came in. And then after that, we just subtly started weaving in other aspects so we started doing maths with um, PE and then other parts of English we changed our curriculum so it incorporated aspects of PE within it looking at text that linked to PE and sport and the parents then started to engage much much more in other areas of the curriculum mm-hmm. so it was a really it, it, it was like a snowball effect really that happened um, organically because with a push there was there was a definite intention there um, but we we kind of duped them really. We duped the children and we duped the parents because we did it in um, a purposeful, relevant way that we knew that the, they would want to come in and be part of mm-hmm. and would talk about. Most importantly, because the school was traditionally known as Blake and Fail, not Blake and Hale, because we it was always in the bottom ten percent for years academically, and the Junior Academy. Um, had never had a good Ofsted until, um, you know, we'd put all of these systems in place. Um, and it's something that it's never had in its 70 years of life.
1: Yeah. Um, do you think, particularly in this last 15 months, do you think that, that in improved parental engagement? Did that help you during those initial phases of the lockdown with remote learning and parental engagement and the importance of that during this process?
2: Yes, definitely. Um, we've built a really good trust within our parents. They we they trust us, and they trust the advice that we give them. And we again, when we went into remote learning, which was you know it's it was mind blowing for some you know families and parents. Um, we started off with our sessions. We had PE sessions. We had fitness sessions. We we recorded our sessions here with our sports staff and the staff and they were the first things that were going out as homework for the children yeah. because we just we kept that routine of this is what we get every morning this is what you're going to do every morning and then we're going to go into our um, English and our maths remote learning and our topic remote learning.
1: It's great it's amazing for example of how power of PE school sport physical activity and play has been used and it, as you said it's that you know, snowball effect. Yeah. Purposeful intention around wider aspects of school, but it just did just start from that physical activity, as you said, There's an really yeah. example for our for our listeners. Um, I just want to go go back to kind of the start. You said at the beginning of your process, it was about the question you're asking yourself was what was our identity? Yeah. And you mentioned um, you were known as Blake and Fail. Yes. What do you think your identity is now?
2: Oh, like I said, you know, we we are deemed as as kind of um, the fame version of of Pespa because. You know, people will go. Oh, yeah, Blake and Hell, You do loads and loads of really fun, um, exciting activities with your children. You you get them in at eight thirty in the morning, and they're doing fitness sessions in Year Six. Um, you know, we've we've gone from not being able to compete in sporting events because the children weren't resilient enough to be able to cope with losing, to building on that character through PE and physical activity in the play and and everything that we do to then. Accessing those competitions and winning them and the children winning them uh, with confidence, or even coming second, third, last, whatever, being able to know I can learn from this um, and I need to do better next time. So that positive element. And also our enrichment offer that we have on a Friday, we um you know. <laughs> As a head teacher, it's getting that balance of you've got to have the academic outcomes. But in order to get those academic outcomes, you've got to play to the strengths of the people around you, your staff and the children. Um, And that was looking at enrichment. So on a Friday um, across both academies, we go off timetable and the children are um, developing um, vocational skills. um, And I play to the skill sets of my staff where um, they... They will tell me, you know, what is it that they, they enjoy doing as a hobby um, and the children get the opportunity to be able to choose an activity. They get to do the top three, uh, choose an activity that they really want to be better at or something they've never done before to put themselves out of their comfort zone. So we have things like breakdancing, DJing, street dance, hair and beauty, um, a whole host parkour, a whole host of different activities that are run by my staff or professionals that we buy in. Um, And those experiences become memorable and purposeful and relevant. And what we're doing is the children are loving it, but we're actually subtly developing these aspirational goals for them that we are instilling year on year on year week after week after week to say actually I'm quite good at this and I've developed this skill in this area I could take it into another curriculum area um, I can talk to somebody else at school about it outside of school I can teach somebody else these skills that I've done and it's it's almost for me it was it was looking at that secondary model of where you used to go out on work experience but doing it at primary level at a very 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 early age to create those dreams and goals that these children will keep forever and keep striving to do um they're not going to give up on and they're going to pursue once they leave us at the end of year six and they head off into secondary it's all these character skills these um academic skills uh, social skills and being physically and mentally resilient enough to just keep going once they're not here so it's it's having that legacy of Blake and Hale for life you know that they've got that it'll be forever with them
1: yeah do you think I mean because you mentioned it there that the that's quite a secondary approach yeah to um to developing skills for for pupils do you think that's quite a brave move for a, a primary head to take when you look at those vocational skills
2: definitely is and I I kind of go back to thinking about what life was like when I was at at primary school many 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 years ago and it was all about all of these uh, enrichment and um memorable type activities that I still you know hang on to and really created confidence within me um, to pursue things that I might not have necessarily done before And and I don't think that ever changes you know whatever generation you're in so um It was a bold move. Um, And again, it was a move that I knew my staff would um, harness and and be involved in because I wasn't thrusting something on them that they didn't want to do. They were coming to me and saying, well, my hobbies outside of school of photography, my hobby Mm. outside of school is golf. Um, So it was things they were confident in and they were very, very keen to be able to impart that knowledge. Onto our children and young people Um, and at the same time we're still doing English we're still doing maths it's you know it's still it's it's integrated interwoven within it it doesn't have to be that you're confined to the four walls of a classroom and an interactive whiteboard it's getting the children out and seeing that they can harness and develop all of these um, skills in a variety of different ways and it was so important for us here to be able to do that because of the low aspirations in the area. Um, we wanted the children to have a goal and to be able to leave here at the end of year six and have that dream that they could pursue and keep pursuing um, until they get there.
1: Yeah. It, it, it certainly sounds like you're, you're preparing your pupils to thrive. And what what comes out quite consistently in in when you articulate the, of the obvious obvious passion you've got for your school you keep coming back to the character and resilience and those softer skills yeah have you seen those skills have have an impact on classroom behavior yes. attainment performance
2: yes uh percent. i mean when i first Um, came back to the juniors um, having been at the infants Um, behavior was off the wall at key stage two and you know just by focusing on um, all of this physical activity and, and channeling it and building the character and looking at growth mindset um and, and using that as a tool to say that you know we all engage in it, our capacities and talents can be improved over time and learning from failure is important and um you know they it meant that the children were having these uh, very very small successes through the sport and enrichment program and um they were realizing that actually you know I am somebody I have got talent I can do this and um, even just having fitness in the morning, it just really set the children up for the day. Um, and we uh, attendance is is phenomenal. We are always well above national for attendance. Um, it, uh, the children never ever want to miss a day. they don't and our only absences are down like definite illness. Um, and pre-COvid we were in the top ten percent nationally for progress, top one percent. Um, for writing um, at the end of Key Stage 2 and we were above national in the phonics screening check um, for the last two years um, pre-COVID. So I mean those results have undoubtedly come through high quality teaching and our rich bespoke curriculum but underpinning it all is the belief, the commitment and the passion from all of the stakeholders that PE, physical activity, play, sport, and all the character traits and core values that come through that are the fundamental building blocks to, to who we are and what we've achieved in our ethos of healthy bodies, healthy minds, and promising futures.
1: That's great. Thank you. Thanks. Um, you've, you've spoken obviously a lot about your your pupils. Um, yeah. I'm keen to hear a little bit about your staff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. How how is this this journey that Blake and Hale's been on? How what impact has that had on your staff?
2: Well, I haven't had any staff turnover in the last five years. <laughs> They're all really, really happy. Um, and we have a quite a unique um, school improvement model that's ours. I mean, we belong to a multi-academy trust, uh, but we have a lot of autonomy, and our our model of school improvement always starts with well-being. And well-being is the beating heart of Blake and Hale um, and we've put a huge emphasis in ensuring that the mid the, the mental and physical well-being of our pupils the staff and the community are central to everything that we do so um, having um, integrated our unique vision into all aspects of school and community hub life it remains pivotal in all that we do in school and for our wider locality um, and it's it's kind of informs our starting point through to providing the blueprint for how we'll address the impact of the current climate post COVID. Um, but connecting with our community through the hub and the PE open sessions and getting the parents and the staff together in the fitness sessions and encouraging them to come together in sporting competitions have meant that we've worked together to develop the ethos and gr- and grow with our unique selling point of of putting that PE and physical activity in school sport as the driver for whole school improvement. So then after that, with the well-being of everyone addressed, um, we then build upon the personal development of both the children and the adults within the school. And then we look at building these into mm. the curriculum, the daily structures of school life. Um, we develop high aspirations, which then has led to our positive outcomes um, and whether that's personal or academic mm. goals for the children, the staff or the parents. Um, and for me, as a head teacher, I, I wanted my pupils and school staff to feel well-equipped to take risks and evolve. And, you know, and that's, yeah. that's what we do is we, we take risks. Sometimes they're calculated risks and there's never that um, thing of, oh, you know, that, it, it, something's going to happen if you, if you get it wrong. It's No, it's, it's we're going to learn from it. Um, and I think because we've got this shared vision as a collective staff, um that my staff feel empowered to be able to take a risk to be able to be innovative with the curriculum particularly with our um PE offer our school sport offer um and it's just it's just mind-blowing because the staff have really developed as people they've got so much more confidence and now my staff are going out um to other academies within the trust, other other schools outside of the trust. And we're talking about our journey and we're sharing our resources and and we're sharing the process that we went down. And I think five years ago, they would have never had the confidence to be able to do that, Um, but now they do. Um, And it's it's nice now to be, be able to sit back and reflect on that and see how, staff have developed um as people as professionals as positive role models for the for the lives of our, our children young people and people that are members of our community look up to and will you know come and talk to and, and seek mm-hmm. advice from you
1: you've, you obviously you know you speak on behalf of, of your staff who who are obviously very passionate um, and it's, it's interesting you said about making them well-equipped more confident in their creativity and their innovation. Do you think that that was did that shine through in the first lockdown, where teachers have probably never needed to be more creative, more innovative with remote learning, um being, uh, pupils in uh, key workers in the school, but also having children at home? Do you think that that helped prepare them for that period of time in their career? Wonderful.
2: 100 percent I mean it was like the staff to a certain degree took it out of my hands because they knew what to do they knew straight away how they were going to engage the children they knew we had um, some members of staff that were really great at Teams, so they developed all of the, the CPD for the other members of staff to show. Right, this is how we're going to do it. This is how you can, um, you know, monitor the the interaction of the children. Um, this is how you can teach an art lesson um, using Teams and iPads and everything else. And they were so creative. I mean, we had um, they set challenges all about setting challenges here as well. They set challenges where the, the children had to um, create a video for the staff to help keep us fit while we were here. So we had an influx of PT sessions, of fitness sessions that the children had recorded, and some of them um, on a Sunday outside school, the school gates. So they still had the logo in the background to say, like you know, we're, we're part of Blake and Hell, and we're, we're now going to teach you um, and. It, it was so creative and we tweeted them all and we had um, messages from Jack Grealish and some very famous people on our Twitter that were blown away that somehow they'd got to see that you know, our kids were being creative and that was through the creativity of my staff mm-hmm. and doing things in a, in a different way. And the I'm so proud of what we did during the two lockdowns um, because we kept to a timetable and we kept to our curriculum. We kept doing what we were would have intentionally planned to teach had the children been here. So it wasn't going to be, well, you're not here, you're only doing English and maths. We kept to the same structure of, well, this is your PE lesson. Then we're going to move into maybe a bit of maths. We're still going to do our topic that links back to what we were doing in PE, um, doing our Fit for Life module, um, and then moving into English. Um, it was it was really creative. I, I expect,
1: I know the answer to this, but I presume this that approach really helped with staff well-being and managing their own um, difficulties at home, maybe with self-isolation or, or family members. And so I suppose it kind, of, it kind of helped them through this last 12, 15 months. Yeah,
2: 100 percent, because um they they had we because we're like a family um it everybody supported each other i mean it's been difficult being in separate bubbles um and and whatnot but we still have we still created a rotor where staff could still use the staff gym because that was really important to them because that kept them mentally fit um because also gyms external gyms were closed um we did a lot of things on teams together we carried on cpd our, our cpd program and ironically we were looking at going back and revisiting PE and looking at how we were developing that. So we still did those sessions, but we just recorded them in school and then showcased it all on Teams. Um, And the staff all wanted to be in. I was never in a situation where I didn't have enough staff um, for any key worker children or vulnerable groups or unable to to participate. And I think that's just down to the the relationships that we've all got on the trust. Um, that they are part of everything, um, and you know we share a lot of the decision making. You know, there's times where we say we are doing this, but then there's other times we're open and honest, and we we say we're doing this, but these are the reasons why it's so important. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were part of the whole sort of construction of how um, lockdown was going to look with our key worker groups, with the remote learning, um, even down to staff groups of staff been involved in risk assessments of how it was going to look when we opened up again. Um, So it's keeping them all fully engaged 100% of the time.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a really good example of where an approach in a school with your healthy bodies, healthy minds, promise and futures um, ethos can impact massively on both pupils and staff. Um, And, you know, my final two questions there were, you know, particularly around this last 12 months. But a lot of that work for you and Blake and Hale started three or four years ago, almost uh, providing them a platform to be comfortable and confident enough to to work through this pandemic still as, as effectively as, as normal. Um okay so my my kind of final questions really is now I said at the start I've been fortunate to visit the school a number of times. So I, I know what goes on at Blake and Hale. You've you said before that you've you've moved from Blake and Fail to, to Blake and Hale with a with a new identity. Um what are your future ambitions for the school?
2: Um for me, to me. <laughs> well there's always lots and lots and lots to do and lots of innovation and looking at things as, as times change and children change and um, for me everything's always been about sustainability and a lasting legacy has always been key I've never been a believer in quick wins quick fixes it's got to be something that's purposeful meaningful and sustainable so first and foremost I you know we want our children to leave with a secure and inherent understanding of how to keep physically fit and mentally healthy for life, um, to make positive choices that will lead to positive outcomes for them personally, socially, academically, um, and just really well-rounded, informed young people that can physically and mentally cope with navigating their way through the next stage of life that potentially could get more difficult. Um, and we're going to continue to drive our health and well-being agenda with our own, our own big aspiration is to become a centre of excellence where we can support other schools, teachers, sports coaches and transform communities to be innovative, to use PE, physical activity and sport to enable them to transform lives um, and become so physically and mentally healthy that they can access all avenues of life
1: that's great Um, brilliant i'm sure you know knowing how ambitious you are and and the (laughs) staff i'm sure that's probably not too far off i hope (laughs) not (laughs) Um, claire it's been great chatting to you thank you very much Uh, i'm sure uh, the the listeners will will definitely take something away from um you sharing your journey of of the change and the the cultural change you've made in your school so uh, thank you very much for your time this afternoon Okay.
0: Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Well Schools podcast. We hope you found it useful and if you'd like to find out more and connect with other Well Schools in your area and across the UK then you can follow at well schools on Twitter and visit www.well-school.org to join the movement. Together we can make all schools Well Schools.